Hi, and welcome to Going Within is the new Going Out. It's your mindset coach, Carol Ann Reed here, and together in this podcast, we're going to be tuning out from the outside world and deep diving within. Because after all, that's where the magic happens. In today's episode, we're going to deep dive into why we cock block ourselves from doing what we want and taking the action in life, and how to well, I suppose the word is uncock block yourself. I'm not sure that that name will be featured anytime soon in the upcoming hypnosis recordings, but <laughs> I am going to share with you five steps on how to just get out of your own way. Some really powerful steps to awaken more courage and start taking aligned action. Because here's the thing, The number one thing that holds you back from achieving this huge success and the fulfillment in life is you. Tough pill to swallow. But the moment that you do, we stop pointing the fingers to those things outside of ourselves. We stop blaming the government. We stop blaming parents. We stop blaming kids and we've not got the time. Because as much as those things do impact us, do not get me wrong. But if we keep pointing the fingers and blaming the things outside of ourselves that are blocking us, we don't have control over those things. Now we can influence the government, we can vote, we can barricade, we can do whatever, but we can't physically control that. We can't control that we've got to pick the kids up from school and sometimes they get ill and we don't have the time to do X, Y, Z. We can influence that, but we can't control it. The moment we start taking that true innate responsibility for ourselves, for getting out of our our own way, for doing the inner work, that is the ticket. That right there is, I'm actually going to say probably the very first step, is taking responsibility. If you could see into my Google history in the last 24 hours, you'd laugh because one of the things that I've looked up is, what is the definition of cock blocking? It's a thing. It's when you prevent someone from succeeding in their attempt to engage in a particular activity. And that someone is you. I've had to fully swallow this pill and go on an inner journey. But do you know what? As tough at times as it can be, because we've got to be so super aware of what we're thinking, how we're responding to things. It's the best journey that you can ever go on to recognize the only person truly standing in your way right now is you. And I want you to just take a deep breath. Ah. Actually, how nice does it feel to be able to own that? And now we can start looking at why we do this. Like, what is it that makes us cock block ourselves? Because surely we weren't born doing that, were we? We were born with this courageous confidence that we try anything. We jump off the highest heights of the slides. We try new things. We'd make friends. We'd speak out. We'd be... God, we do anything to get the attention as kids. So as we've grown up, there's something that we have experienced that's imprinted, that's taught us it's not safe. So let's have a look at that. So when we are blocking ourselves, this can often look like procrastination, perfectionism, overthinking, self-doubt. We become our own biggest critic. We lack motivation. And the biggest driver that sits underneath them all is fear. I've seen people 
especially clients come to me and when we're looking at this, like why can't they do what they know they're capable of doing? majority are even qualified to do it. So why can't they get out of their own way? A lot of the time they go, well, I'm a perfectionist. Oh, well, I am just, I, I like things to be done perfectly. And they almost wear it like this badge of honor when they first share it. But even perfectionism stems from fear, the fear of getting it wrong, the fear of someone blaming them for something, the fear of judgment. That's what biggie when it comes to um, perfectionism and that then leads to procrastination. So with fear, you might be sat there now thinking, well, I'm not scared to do these things. We don't mean fear in that kind of conscious way. What I mean is that unconscious fear, that part of you that you go to pick up the phone to make that call, that distracts you, that asks a million different questions, that thinks, do you know what? No, what if they're not in right now? They might not even answer anyway. What if I interrupt things? Make the call tomorrow. So you're not sat there necessarily biting your nails, shaking with this obvious fear. For a lot of people, it's unconscious. One of the most common ones actually is, that shows up in adulthood, is the fear of public speaking. And this stems from childhood. And I always find this is such a good example. So let's say you're going for a job interview. You've been offered to speak on a stage. You might want to become a a, a podcaster or maybe speak on a podcast. You want to go for an interview, ask someone out on a date. It can affect us in so many different ways. When you were a child, let's just rewind a little bit. When you were a child, you may have been asked to speak out in class. The Hungry Caterpillar, everyone's reading it. And you are having a moment just daydreaming out of the window, thinking about what you're going to do after school, which tree you're going to climb. And next thing, you hear your name. And the whole class is silent. Everyone's looking at you. You don't know what page you're on. And then the teacher calls you out on it. You weren't listening. You're going to have to stay behind after class. (gasps) And you feel that instant shot of adrenaline rush through your body. I don't know about you, but I was that child that if someone looked at me, I went bright red. I mean, beetroot red. Never mind when I got asked to speak out in front of the whole class. So what happens is in those moments when you get that instant rush of adrenaline, that shame from the teacher, the kid that sat next to you, little Timmy pokes fun at you because then you've gone bright red, which let's be honest, makes it a million times worse. In that moment, your brain is recognizing being asked to speak out in class equals not safe. This feels hideous. So guess what it wants you to do the next time you get asked to speak out in class? It wants you to stay quiet because the last experience was horrible. And the more that that happens, the more that those experiences unfold in childhood, the more that these things imprint into us. And there's so many different ways that this plays out. You may have asked the boy or girl that you fancied out to the prom and they said no because they're going to go with your best mate. If that had an impact on you and made you feel shame, rejection, that then teaches you it's not safe to ask people out on dates. And we don't reach the age of 18, 21, 30 and have our psyche wiped clean, have our memories wiped clean. Because I often hear this, but I'm an adult. I know these things consciously. Of course you do. But 
Your brain is still the same brain. And between the ages, in particular, of naught to seven, in those real vital imprinting ages, that is when your nervous system is going tick, safe, uh uh, not safe, avoid, avoid, avoid at any question that you can. So, a lot of the clients that I work with, they want to take themselves, their businesses, online into this space and get themselves, their messages, their products, their methods, services out into the world. And with the way that the world is evolving, in particular in the online space, having that courage to be able to get out of your own way, to hit the live button, to press publish on the blog, to say yes to the opportunity to speak on a podcast, to write the book, to create the video program, whatever that is. And if someone is in their own way, the level of frustration that that awakens is just, oh my God, it's really, really tough. And this is like where that feeling of just being your own worst cut block. I've been there myself before. And one of the modalities that I'm working with a lot around this, around the visibility, around getting out of your own way, is heart healing. Because this really works with that inner child. It works with the enoughness wound. Knowing that no matter what you've been through, what you've done, what you've experienced, whether that's trauma with a little t or trauma with a capital T, that you're still enough that you still are able to take up space in this world, that your voice still matters, that your beliefs are still valid. So when they come to work with me, this is one of the things that we really get our teeth into. And just a couple of examples to kind of piece together the impact that the childhood experiences have on the adulthood. So one client that I was working with, when we went back to an experience when she felt not enough, It was a teacher, an incredibly narcissistic bully, a teacher that should not have been in teaching, full stop. The level of humiliation, the level of shame that this teacher would cast upon, and it wasn't just my client, it sounded like the entire class in different ways, had impacted her to truly believe that she would never equate to anything, that she wasn't intelligent, that she would never go on to do anything with purpose in her life, constantly doubt herself, and never feel that what she produced in life was ever good enough. Now that might have stemmed from artwork in a class or getting maths questions wrong or even right by the sounds of it, all the way through to do I go on and do that qualification? Am I able to become a coach? Could I do this? Am I worthy of love? And when we worked through that, she's now set up her own business. She is now going into the most incredible space, making an impact because she knows on that deep, deep innate level now, that mind, body, inner child, spirit level, that she is enough. And it has freed her to step out of her own way. It's almost like a snowball effect the way that it happens. Because when you do the unconscious work, you don't just wake up the next day and you're like, Ta-da! it's like there's an internal transformation that happens. That when you go to do something, you do it with ease. When you go to say something, 
you're not hesitating or pausing or why did I say that, shaming yourself after. When you see an opportunity, you're more inclined to jump at it. And it's like this snowball that days, weeks, months go by and all of a sudden you're like, it's happening. I am out of my own way. There's so many different examples that I can share here. But what I'm hoping is from that one example, you can really see how that experience pulled all the way through to this woman's life and she's got children, married, yet that had held her back all those years unconsciously. But as we know, it's the unconscious wounds that we carry that really dictate our often irrational fears and blocks. So I'm going to be sharing with you now the five steps that I truly believe can help you to begin to unblock the cock blocking. So number one, if there is a particular goal that you want to achieve, the first step is to get clarity. You need to know what it is you want to do, be, or have. So what's the outcome? And I'm always going to recommend that you write this down. You might be listening to this on the go, but if you can, write it down. There's so much power behind that. When I say get clarity on that, how would you know it's achieved? What would that feel like? What does that look like? So what is that outcome for you? That's step number one. Step number two is getting connected to the feelings, the emotions that you will have, not only once you achieve the goal, but the feelings, the emotions that you'll have on your way to achieving that goal. Now, we're not looking for, well, I would feel happy or I'd feel great to have achieved that goal. That's just, it's just too bland. Those emotions, they're just throwaway words when it comes to this kind of work. I mean, how will you feel the moment that that goal's achieved and you're texting your spouse, you're messaging your coach, you're celebrating it with a family member, a friend, like what's that bubbling feeling inside you like? And you can go with us on this journey and almost envision that now. Even getting clear on like, who's the first person that you're gonna text message pick up the phone to how will you celebrate and how will you feel when your head hits the pillow at night having had achieved that the more that you can connect to the feelings and emotions the better we are such emotive beings as much as people think that I just want to get married in life. I want to be earning a hundred grand. I want to lose X amount of weight. What truly sits underneath these goals, the truest, deepest desires are the feelings. Because if you want that loving relationship, is that giving you the feeling of security, of adventure and sharing that with someone who you care about? If it's the hundred grand a year, is that going on a beautiful holiday with your family? Is that the impact that you're having on others, on the world, on the future generations? How does that light you up? The weight loss goal, this is such a common one that we hear. How will you feel when you're able to play in the park with your kids or grandkids, or you're able to wear that thing that makes you feel really confident? The getting in tune with the emotions is such an important part of getting out of your own way. Because if you're sat there and you're about to take the action, 
Yes, having the clarity on what the goal is, super important, of course. But when you can begin to tip the scale from being in a fear-based place and the what if and the fear of judgment and whatever else comes up for you and actually go, well, hang on a minute. The reason I'm doing this is this. And then tune into those emotions, taking the aligned action from those place of emotions. Number three brings us on to that inner child piece. And what I would actually recommend that you do is write a letter to your eight-year-old self, sharing all the reasons why you're excited to be going on this journey and achieving this goal or these goals. By letting your inner child know that he or she is coming on this journey with you, you can let your inner child know that part of you that may have been impacted in childhood actually know and understand that it's safe, that you will protect him or her, that all of these incredible things are going to come as a result, that you're going to feel a particular way. And the moment that you get your inner child on board, you're bringing a part of you home. And of course, there's many layers when it comes to working with your inner child, working with a professional like myself with heart healing or timeline therapy or that kind of thing is so blinking powerful, especially if you can really locate something that you've went through that you could maybe see is blocking you now. But this exercise here, you would be so surprised at the impact that this can have. I often recommend clients to do these, I often call them love letters to ourself. This could be your future self, your past self, your higher self. When you write a love letter to your inner child and actually let them know what's to come, when that safety alarm starts going off, that is it safe to go live and or share this blog, or ask that person out on a date, or lose the weight, or go after that big income goal that you've got. Yes, there is a surrender there. There's a feeling of, it's okay, it's safe to do this. So I would definitely recommend that you do this. You can go through this in your mind, but again, putting that pen to paper is so powerful. Step number four, Take the goal that you wrote down, like up in step one when you've got the clarity, and break it down step by step. Now this one, you might be like, well, this sounds simple, but you would not believe how many people skip this step. They see Mount Everest and go, I'm here, I wanna get up there. Oh God, that looks, it just looks too hard. They get overwhelmed, they take a couple of bits of action, and then it's like, nope, too much, feels too big. Whereas when you actually break the goal down into parts, take the first part and then break that down into the first three steps. What are the first three steps that you need to take? Forget the rest and just do those. And what you're doing here is you will be gathering evidence that you're safe that it's safe to take the action, whether that is picking up the phone, getting on the dating site, dusting off your gym shoes, whatever that is, doing those first three micro steps. You're getting the evidence, but you're also then, this is another important one, celebrate. Celebrate the hell out of actually doing it because again, you're imprinting and firing and wiring new ways of being and then go again. Take the next step, what are the next three steps? Of course, you can keep casting your vision to the 
the bigger goal, the future, but bringing it back to those simple steps, oh, it just, it keeps you feeling grounded and it keeps you feeling safe, which as we know, when we stretch the comfort zone is the goal. And this totally brings us on to number five though, which is feel the fear and do it anyway. That's a fantastic book if you've not read or listened to it. Feel the fear and do it anyway. And for any fellow Brené Brown fans out there, if you're like, who is this Brené Brown? She is a woman who has dedicated so much of her career to actually studying what courage is. She's got fantastic TED Talks, there's Netflix documentaries, all sorts out there. But this is her definition of courage. True courage comes when we decide to take a risk, not necessarily knowing the outcome. I'll come back onto this in a moment. It means showing up, letting yourself be seen, despite the risk. When you show up this way, you open yourself up to more joy and more connection. But you can only do it by accepting that there could be pain. After reading and deep diving into so much of her work around courage, I find this really fascinating because that isn't to say there will be pain, that there is risk, that there may not be the outcome that you desire. But when you accept that that is a possibility, like one of people's biggest fears, aside from public speaking, is fear of the unknown and fear of failure. So it is no wonder we reach these hurdles where we get so frustrated because we know what we want, but we just can't seem, just can't seem to take the action. So actually recognizing that, yes, you may encounter feelings of being uncomfortable. Yes, a little bit of fear, or in some cases, I know I've certainly taken action and bricked myself before doing it, but having the right tools, the, the, the mindset hacks to kind of tap into, you can work through those by having your inner child on board, integrated, knowing that you're coming from a place of truth and just knowing that whatever you do, if you come from a place of heart, if you come from a place of your truth, that's enough, that you are enough. And by you moving forward with that, I promise you can start getting out of your own way from this very moment right here, right now. I would love to know your thoughts around this. Don't forget to subscribe, leave your comments below, head over to the Awaken the Warrior Within community group on Facebook. I'd love to hear your thoughts over there. We've got a beautiful tribe over there as well. And I can't wait to catch you on the next episode. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, I would be so grateful if you could share this with a friend who you just know would love it too. And if you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe so you'll be the first to know when next week's drops. Sending you all the love and light.